All right, hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Shups and Preds podcasts. This week, Peter has decided to join us, so we're What's rolling four strong. Myself, Tyler, Matt here, and Peter, of course. Perfect. So, guys, the CFL is back. It's oh. officially official. There were I games think, that took and place, and it's already it's already an absolute mess. I think we are back. So oh. Ooh. this episode, like we're going to do a little bit of review of week one of the 2021 CFL season. Um, we're going to talk Preds for week two. We're going to give a look inside the fantasy standings after one week. Shout out James Wilder Jr. <laughs> and uh, then, you know, we'll just uh, see where that takes us. Guys, what was how were you feeling watching CFL football for the first time in two years? I was lost. <laughs> I think I think the way the, the the games went exactly the opposite of how I expected things to go. And it so never, never yeah. felt like I knew less. Right, exactly. For for something I put a lot of time and energy into. <laughs> Sloppy. Yeah, it was it was a slop fest out there, but it's it was entertaining. Slop fest. I mean, John or somebody could pull the stats real quick. How many touch? What was the touchdown pass to interception ratio for for all games in week one? I'm that sure I don't have, but we'll, we'll have this, to do some. This is this is important. So we do have a, a follow up on. I don't know exactly what we're calling it. I think we're some of the uh, the the post pod. Uh, or post pod, whatever um, research. Research. Uh, the question was when we were preding the uh, regular season and playoff winners. Seventy percent of regular season conference leaders end up winning their conference, mm. and seventy wow. percent of Grey Cup winners won the regular season. So, I mean, for John and I, taking Edmonton all the way through, I mean, that's just basic logic. That's just math. Um, now, us choosing uh, Montreal was, was less smart, but still probably smart. There were, I'm just looking now, there were 11 touchdown passes and nine interceptions thrown. Two, of yeah. your, two by your boy, all right? For Masoli, yes, Jeremiah Masoli did have <laughs> three by Harris, though. Three he, by he, Harris. So that, that was. Yeah. A, we will get a, into this. I will say, will. I will say, what I want to note is my biggest takeaway was I had forgot how little room for air there is offensively in the three-down game. If oh, you yeah. don't get that shit humming right off the bat. God, your offense can stall drive over drive over drive. I totally... It's, it is tough. You got to get going. I think we can touch definitely more on that when we get into, like, the Hamilton-Winnipeg game, definitely. Um, but, yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. That was that was what I was like, oh, my God, this is... It is not an easy game to get going in. Yeah, the um, people in America have four hole downs. Yeah, people people don't talk about it enough. No. (laughs) Um, All right, so we're going to get into the week one review of the games. Uh, Kicking it off with the 2019 Grey Cup rematch taking place in Winnipeg. The Blue Bombers were victorious 19-6 over the Hamilton Tiger Cats. 
Nobody um, saw that one coming. Well, ah. <laughs> there you go. Um, Winnipeg defense was huge. Uh, Willie Jefferson with an interception and then caused another one with his big old body. Uh, Brady Oliveira, 22 carries, 126 yards, led the league in rushing week one. Uh, and the Hamilton offense, only 55 rushing yards. And uh, Masoldi did okay yardage-wise, but just never quite got out of first gear with the offense. Um, it was disappointing, to say the least. Uh, but, you know, it's week one of the 2021 the season. The Winnipeg offensive yeah. line picked off exactly where it left off, which is, is yeah. smashing people in the mouth and just running it at your face. And it and, and they didn't even have their best running back, and it didn't matter. This is Besides true. Oliveira, the Winnipeg offense wasn't even that impressive. No, it it you know there was a big um, Kenny Lawler uh, had a, a huge uh, huge game, but other than that, a, a fairly pedestrian outing from uh, Zach Kalaros. Nothing nothing horrible compared yeah, to what we saw across did. the across the league. Though a really good start. <laughs> yeah, that's that was, well. Yeah, it was really workmanlike, but yeah, they just the defensive line just yes. absolutely terrorized Jeremiah Masoli. The poor man probably had nightmares. Oh, oh my goodness, that was well, not well. And the defensive line did so well, not only on Jeremiah, but as you guys said, just to the running game as well. It was just utter domination on every single aspect of the game. Yeah, like last week, I said Winnipeg was going to finish fourth in the West. And I'm just not feeling good about that prediction at this point. But I'll stick by it. <laughs> but you, that that, was that an anti-Zach Caleros prediction? It yeah. is. And I will say that okay. Zach Caleros, was, I, he doesn't have to be great if no. the offensive line and running game is working like that. Yep. There will but be eventually space. There will he will have to win to games space. for them instead of being a game manager, which he's fine game manager, but that's all. That's all I'll say now. He did. I had a. He had a fine game this past week. Hamilton very, is Hamilton, or excuse me, Winnipeg is not a team you want to fall behind. Oh to, God, to, they'll just run the clock down. No. To, 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 your point, get, to, to your point, if they get if they jump out to a ten point lead in the you know for, and it's the middle of the second quarter, you're in trouble. It gets that's a long that's a long night. I'm quite interested to see how they integrate both Oliveira and. Uh, Harris back into the lineup and see if they'd run a two back or just I think Harris. Yeah. Peter, we're gonna throw you out there and you could still get four <laughs> yards of carry. Unfortunately yeah. for your fantasy team, Peter, I don't think Andrew Harris is is gonna well, be back at full strength for I another have an couple update, weeks. Update: uh, Harris and Darvin Adams still not practicing. Yeah, they're still. And to that point, Pete, I had tweeted this. Uh, I think on Friday after the game. But Andrew Harris just simply doesn't really share the backfield. He's only in his CFL career of being a feature back, which is since 2011 with the Lions. His backup has only had over 50 carries twice uh, in 2011 and in 2014. And then certainly he shared a lot of carries with Chris Streveler the past two seasons in Winnipeg, but Harris was on the field for all those sets. So he just doesn't really sit on the bench. So yeah, Seeing if he if when he becomes healthy, if Oliveira can pick up this or keep up this pace, I just am not sure how they're going to mix those two in together. Yeah, I mean it'll be interesting to see. I I mean, I wonder if Harris could just just be like, no, I'll. I don't know why he wouldn't be open to a 
doing the duo back. He's the main man. Hey, I, I, I mean, I get it, but they could, they could be so, so much better than everybody else in the league if they had that True. running back duo. Um, any parting points on the first game of the week, guys? Yeah, it's Pe- it's Winnipeg's trophy, and everybody else's. Yeah. You know, until so, until pro- until proven otherwise. The game said a lot more about Winnipeg than it did Hamilton. I think. I agree. That is a good take. With that. Astute point from Peter. We'll be moving on to game two of week one, which was BC at uh, Skatch. Really a tale of two halves. Um, game of the week. Game of the week. Game of the week. It was the game of the week. Um, Skatch came out just absolutely humming. Well, a surprise start from Nathan Rourke. Well, yeah, we'll get into that. So, yeah, Nathan Rourke was the starting quarterback for the BC Lions. Um, Skatch played well. For the first half, um, really kept things going. I think Cody Pajardo was 28 of 35 for 230 yards and two touchdowns for the game. Uh, they had pretty, pretty balanced production from the wide receivers with uh, Shaq Evans, Moore, and uh, Jordan Williams-Lambert all having you know six or seven catches. And then William Powell with the week's only rushing touchdown in the CFL. <laughs> One, wow. William Powell. Um, but then that. But all I think about of, zero <laughs> carries in the second half. Yeah, so that all stopped in the second half. <laughs> Mike Riley took over, and despite not really looking like he could throw the football, he did go 17 of 24 for a touchdown. Although his receivers saved him on a number of balls with spectacular catches. Uh, Lucky Whitehead, huge game for the Lions. Five receptions for 136 yards. Brian Burnham got it going, seven catches for 92 yards. Um, but, yeah. Well, I mean, briefly on Mike Riley. Mike, yes. sorry, Mike, Michael Riley. Michael Riley, seven, yes. 17, No, Mike Riley. Mike Riley. T.S. No, he goes by Michael. He needs to write an email to TSN then. They wrote articles on it. Well, <laughs> It is Michael Riley. I will um, <laughs> A 12-yard average. It didn't look like any time he threw over 15 yards. I mean, it came out looking like a, a gyroscope. I mean, this thing yeah, it was, ugly. was hideous. I felt so bad. Every time he threw, you know, to, to one of these guys, it was just horrible. Um, I think the a big miss was really throwing Nathan Rourke just in there. And there was a weird switch after Lucky Whitehead had his long TD catch where... All of a sudden, Rourke had a little bit of swagger. He got the confidence, but he went in there and just got, obviously, I mean, yeah. if anyone who watched the game, just got slaughtered. No. Yeah. And then, but he threw his, is, it, is this his first NFL or first CFL, CFL. Uh, first CFL touchdown? Yeah, and then got. And then he's like, I can do this. Like, I've played football before. Like, yeah. I, I can do this. And then they just kind of started rolling. Yeah. Um, uh- but this yeah, is gonna it was, be, it's going to be it so hard to, to, to anticipate what BC is going to do over the next few weeks. I, I hesitate to say more than just a review of the stats because, yeah, I just don't know what the team is going to look like. The defense was horrible in the first half and then just totally locked down Scatch in the second. And so I just don't – I simply don't know on this one. They had the same number of first downs. The, the BC had more yards. BC had more yards per play, more passing. Yard. I mean, if, if you're just looking at the at the yeah. stats, it's mis, it's misleading. Uh, yeah. Scatch defense made big plays when it had to. That's just what it comes down to. They always do. Should be said that going forward, I think Michael Riley, he's out. 
Uh, I think Rourke will be the starter for week two. At least it's looking like that. Um, so we should expect him to get a longer look at him and see what he's capable of. Um, but yeah, that was definitely the game of the week. Um, good to see Fajardo for the first half there coming <laughs> along. It looked like they were looking good. But yeah, Matt mentioned, as Matt mentioned about the carries, they just didn't give William Powell any carries in the second half, or at least in the third quarter, which was weird because he's a really good player and that would have been good for running the clock, but whatevs. <laughs> 33-29, a real CFL score. Yeah. Um, any parting shots, boys? Sketch is back, baby. Good on my end. Matt? <laughs> you love no to see a, you love to see a one on the scoreboard in the second half for uh, no notes uh, here other than yeah no I I think Sketch I think both teams looked like they hadn't played in you know seven hundred days. Um, Sketch tricked us in the first half. They had us in the first <laughs> half. Not gonna lie, uh, but then they were like, oh yeah, these guys just haven't played in eighteen months, and, and they'll figure got it winded. out. <laughs> yeah, they just yeah. got tired. Um. <laughs> So we move on to Calgary, Toronto at Calgary. Um, we should have known, totally underestimated as he's been for a while. MBT, McLeod Bethel Thompson, comes out here, goes 26 of 37, 354 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, Toronto didn't really run the ball. John White only had nine carries. Um, but And then with Calgary, Levi Mitchell... You know, 23 of 35, 252 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Um, we'll say Kamar Jordan looked great after coming back off an injury. Great to see him back. Um, but a few Calgary receivers picked up injuries. They kind of sputtered in the second half offensively, and Toronto just took advantage and got the dub. It was pretty ugly game both ways at times. Um, and again, I know it's anticlimactic, but don't know how much you can read into week one after two years off. Um, but I will say Bethel Thompson looked good, and I Arbuckle has uh, got to be shaken in his boots. I think he'd be dumb not to be. He'd be he would be. I mean, yeah. With um, – I mean, James – honestly, James White for Toronto's John, running John. game. John. John, sorry, White. sorry, John, John White. White. My mistake. Their running game wasn't all that impressive throughout the entire game, but as you were saying, John, Bethel Thompson, as Toronto sort of gets out of that Ricky Ray area, he really looks to be the <laughs> sort of sort of looks to be the guy in Toronto. Which Ricky is Ray Dyn- Dynasty. Oh. Yeah, cuz yeah. I mean Bethel Thompson I I believe was there when Ray was still playing and he was sort you sort of saw he was sort of tr- starting to take over and I think he's he's got this job. Well, very interesting um for both teams the and this is, I think, what we're going to see a lot this season is the names you recognize are are coming in behind the names you might not. So for the Argonauts, Devaris Daniels, uh, Juwan Bressison coming in behind uh, Levi Noel and Daniel Braverman and on the Stampeders, uh, Colton Hunchak and Antti Milanovic leader outgunning uh, Herji Mayala. So... Um, you know, it's just there are just new names that we're, it's just so difficult to predict, um, and you're, we're really learning this new for for the first time. Yeah. You know what these teams can do um, because you you can't learn anything looking at a 
2019 uh, stat sheets or just looking at the depth chart. And I think- Tor- Toronto won because of explosive plays. They just had more explosive plays, and they did this all despite having only have 12 penalties. Ridiculous. Yes, not good. And only they- 25 and only 25 minutes of possession. So their their def- their defense actually is what's most impressive to me because they were on the field a lot. No, their defense played well. Um, I think that um, Dave Dickinson noted after the game that Bo Levi just kind of got lost confidence, was frustrated with his receivers after Josh Huff went out went out with an injury. He felt that the timing was kind of messed up. So Huff practiced today, so I think he'll be ready to roll next week. So look for uh, Levi Mitchell to get be getting more reps with his receiving core and more confidence in them. Um, going forward, I think that I think Toronto is talented, but I still, to me, it looked like I, I really thought Calgary was the better team for most of the game, but better team doesn't always win. And in a, you run back that final play 10 times. I think it's, it's a coin flip, whether or not, um, Calgary scores. Yeah. Right. Um, and should say, Kadeem Carey had a pretty good game running the ball for the Stamps. 18 carries for 75 yards. So made him a priority, which is good to see. Now we will move player. on to the worst CFL game ever played. <laughs> the Ottawa Red Blacks defeated the Edmonton Elks 16-12. to I said last week that the Elks were going to dominate them. And statistically, that is true. Yeah, it is. <laughs> the Elks outgained the Red Blacks 443 yards from scrimmage to 127. Matt Nichols was 12 for 20 with 71 yards. Tim Flanders for the Red Blacks with 11 carries, 39 yards. But the Elks just could not seal the deal. Um, the Ottawa defense played incredibly well. Um, had a big 102-yard uh, interception return touchdown from Abdul Kane. Avery Williams had the most tackles in the week one with 14 tackles. Um, bright spot for the Elks, James Wilder Jr.'s return and debut in Edmonton was pretty stellar. 15 carries, 89 yards, 9 receptions, 72 yards. Um, but overall, a very disappointing, disappointing uh, week one debut for the Elks. Well, John, to sort of put your mind at ease, I think just looking at the stats and everything, when you see a team with Darrell Walker, Wilder, Greg Ellingson, and Trevor Harris, they're going to be good. They just I'm little, not. Yeah, that's why it was so frustrating, guys, because I know they're going to be good, but I just don't want a freaking loss hanging over them. Oh, and I I get that, but especially because the schedule. This is you know these are the games you you, you chalk you up. Got, as you got to put these in the bank. Yeah, these are the these are the chalk it up as a dub because it's all, and then it also affects seeding, right? They're going to make the play. You don't want to get stuck with it. You you want to get that top seed. No, and I will like. Uh, this sounds like this is the worst sportsmanship in the world because Ottawa fair and square won the game. <laughs> but I feel like out of all nine CFL teams, right now, Ottawa is the only slam dunk opponent. That's fair. Yeah, this is, this is a must So you up. have to win this game. Ottawa you have is, to. And Ottawa the Edmonton bad, defense man. played so well. I think they had five sacks, 
right? They're not letting uh, the, the Edmonton defense five sacks, not letting Ottawa get anything going. And for, you know, Trevor Harris, unfortunately, three interceptions at inopportune times. Um, it was just more frustrating than anything because, yeah, I take I come away from this game and I say, wow, that Edmonton team can be pretty good. But it's ah, it was not. Which, so... What you don't like to see is yeah. that that pick six happened and there were still 10 minutes left in the game. Yes. No, and, absolutely. And, and they didn't score the entire fourth quarter. No, not scoring a touchdown is not a good thing. For sure. Well, I think another thing I noticed is just, I mean, sort of my point about Draw Walker and Greg Ellingson, they may not have a ton at receiver after that, mm. which is a bit worrying. I don't know if that's true. But, I mean, compared to the rest of the league, they don't have as much depth. No, they do. Armani Edwards, um, Shy Ross, Tavon Smith, they do. It's just going to be a challenge of getting them all the ball. The halftime score was 6-9. to nine. I would just like to... Important note. Important note. Important note. Thank you. Um, that's all I want to say about that game. I'm just going to... After this is the last time I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> so get your get your final thoughts in now because it's over after today. It doesn't... It's, it didn't... Yeah, it's, okay. Any other game, it seems like if an Edmonton opponent scores 16 points, they're going to take that. I would think so. So that's... That's my fun. that's so. my parting words. Love yes. it. Love Edmonton going forward. <laughs> Since we did predictions on a few league leader categories, I'm going to at the end of every weekly recap, I'm going to shout out the league, current league leaders. So after one week, passing yards, McLeod Bethel Thompson with 354, rushing yards, Brady Oliveira 126, and receiving yards, Lucky Whitehead with 136. Wow. And on that note, we move forward into a new, beautiful CFL week. <laughs> I'm which so is going, excited. It's going to be great. It's going to kick off um, Thursday in Calgary uh, with the BC Lions facing the Calgary Stampeders. So we're going to do Preds game by game, and we're all going to shout them out at once. No, no we, are, we, are, we, are, we are doing <laughs> it. I love kidding. it. I love it. No. Yeah, I love it. Um, each game will have somebody different start off, and then oh, we'll go God. in that order throughout. Sounds so good. nobody is at an advantage. <laughs> That's I fair. will start off week one, BC at Calgary. I'm going to take the Calgary Stampeders. That's Matt, interesting. I am also going to take the Calgary Stampeders. Tyler, you can go third. <laughs> Peter, you're always trying to go. Last. But this is that, but that, he, we'll, we'll, he gets it once, Tyler. It's, it's, that's we'll, fair. It'll all work itself I, out. Um, stick with the home team. I'm going with the Calgary Stampeders. Yes. Uh, and then for my pick, uh, I like the Stampeders in this one. I'll be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think two teams I just coming think, off losses. I think BC is still, as you guys are saying, far too unpredictable for me to put any sort of faith, especially going up against a team like Calgary. I just don't see Bo Levi Mitchell losing two games in a row to start the season. Nope. And at home, I just don't. Yeah. I also uh, think that their defense is, is yes, they, they allowed a lot of field goals, and the offense should have probably possessed the ball a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, I, I like that they, they can run the ball too. So it, it's going to be Calgary. Matthew, any thoughts? No, just uh, I think the home team usually wins. 
and the Stampeders, I think, are a better team and more consistent than the BC Lions. I think that's probably going to be correct. Uh, Nathan, it looks like we said earlier, Nathan Rourke going to get the start here. We go to Winnipeg for game two of the week, Toronto at Winnipeg. Matt, kick us off. I am going to take the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to uh, start off an improbable 2-0 under Zach Kolaris. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Zach. I'm just so mean. I know. Haters. <laughs> T-Press? Uh, I put my faith in the Bombers last week. I think that Brady Oliveira established himself, at least until Andrew Harris decide, it gets better, that he's the, that he's the guy. And, uh, you know, I, I like Winnipeg at home. Again, the home team. I want to take this, because you mentioned this, shout out to Tyler Press, who last season, 2019, took Brady Oliveira in our preseason fantasy draft. Now, although Oliveira broke his ankle early on, T. Press, that is a good dark horse pick one year. <laughs> yeah, I was, also, I was also early on. Oh, is it Shaq, is it Shaq Johnson? Uh, Shaq Cooper. I was like, Shaq two, Cooper, I was like three years early on Shaq, on Shaq Cooper. Uh, Incredibly Pete, early. Pete, what's your pick? Um, you know, I would I would love to uh, to go with the the Argos. I, I but I, I just think the Bombers are going to dominate them inside, like they do always. I, I think yeah, I, yeah. that's I, I think exactly I where I'm at. That the uh, defensive line is going to frustrate the the living hell out of McLeod Bethel Thompson, and uh, it, it's not going to look anything like the no. 300 plus yard game we just had. I am so intrigued by this game. I'm picking Winnipeg. But this is going to be a very, very fun game. It's I mean, game what of the a week. way for Toronto to start out the, the season. Week. Actually, the a lot of good back games Back-to-back Calgary-Winnipeg. Um, I think if Toronto wins this one, we'll have to start showing some respect to the boys. Uh, I, simply I, don't, just don't, I don't think I, simply I want don't to. See, their receivers no, I, I just don't want to. I don't want They're, to. I don't like Toronto. The I don't receivers like the had time to get downfield last game, and they had explosive plays. I don't think those receivers are going to have time to get downfield with no, that I, rush, with that pass rush coming in. Yeah, I absolutely. Agree. Okay, Tyler, kick us off. Montreal finally gets their 2021 campaign underway, heading to Edmonton. Tyler, who you got? This is this is tough because we have a team that hasn't <laughs> played a game yet. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'll tell you, I was tempted as well. Against and, and a team that we all think is going to do quite well. Yes. Against a team coming off a bad loss at home. Yes. I think this is a, I think this is a kick them while they're down, and I'm going with the Montreal Alouettes. Oh, that's a good – that is – I'll tell you what. If – obviously, yo, you guys know who I'm taking in this yes. game. I've never I, – so I don't have to save my pick. You, I've never picked against Edmonton. If this was any like yeah, if this was BC or Calgary or one of the other teams coming off a loss, I pick Montreal. But I'm hoping that Montreal has the same Week One rust everybody else did last week, mm. and so Edmonton can get the win. Uh, on that note, John, I I was thinking the same thing. I think that just that they're going to need a week to get back into it, and I think with a week another week of practice, and Edmonton's just going to have that leg up on them. And I think they're just James James Wilder Jr. is that dude, and I think he's gonna have a great week. And they'll, I think they'll win by double digits for sure. I love the confidence. <laughs> I don't have that confidence, so thank you. Uh, 
I was very tempted to pick Montreal on this one, but Peter, you just said it. I think that it can only go so long before James Wilder Jr. doesn't get into the end zone. Yep. I mean, it was it, it's it's uh, insane that he put up uh, I think 150 cumulative cumulative <laughs> yards and uh, didn't break the plane. So uh, we're taking Edmonton in this one. I, I see a it. I see a big game for uh, William Stanback. I would love it. You know how I feel about Montreal. They are an awesome team. Big play. V. I cannot wait to yeah. see Vernon Adams play. I just need him to start slow, and then he can pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> and according to our Shups and Preds poll this week, the best matchup of week two is going to be the final matchup. Your CFL game of the week, Hamilton Saskatchewan. Peter, who you got? You know, I think... Uh, I, I mean, I loved Saskatch against BC week one. Yes. But I, I go back to the thing I said about the Hamilton-Winnipeg game. It said more about the Bombers. And Hamilton is a good team. They yes, scored they six points. But, like, Speedy B, STE, like, this is a good team. And I think they take it to Saskatch at home. I'm picking the Tiger Cats. Love it. I will They're go good, next. really. They're good, really. I... Also have the Hamilton Tiger Cats getting the dub on the road uh, in Regina. I, they're a good. They are going to eventually have to win a bunch of games, Hamilton, because that's what they're going to do this year, and it's going to start this week. So Hamilton wins. Matt, I disagree. <sighs> I know. Uh, no, I think that uh, the Hamilton Tigers have a great uh, receiving core. They have a great quarterback in Jeremiah Masoli. But it's obvious that their ground game is is lacking, mm-hmm. and I think the the Rough Riders, although their defense is not I, I, as storied as, as it's been in previous years, I think they're still going to cause the same problems that uh, that Winnipeg caused last week. So um, probably not a six point game out of the Tiger Cats, but I don't think it's going to be as explosive as as maybe people who predicted them to win the regular season would uh, would hope. I'm also rolling with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, for all the reasons Matt mentioned. Shocker. Uh, shocker. And, uh, you know, if if Zach Caleros can have a decent game against this defense, <laughs> I'm interested to see what, it, what a team with some real weapons on the outside plus a better quarterback can do. Um, Ouch. Uh, so it's kind of like a, like a side shot over to, like, Caleros, but it's, like... No, but, I mean... It's going to be, think... it's gonna be a, t- a much... Th- I, I think Hamilton's going to... That's a... I actually feel bad for Hamilton to having this kind of start to the season have to go on the road against Peg and Sketch. That's that's a... I'm interested... Yeah, I mean... It's as tough think... as it gets. I think Hamilton goes on a roll after this game. I really do. Uh, but I think this is sort of a... Kind of a, why I picked against the Elks. I think it's just a kick them while they're down situation. And it's just a bad matchup coming off of... That's a bad matchup. I think it's just a bad matchup well, coming out. Okay, but I will have. say, like, this, yeah, the the blueprint is there to take advantage of the Tie Cats defensively, but that means that they're going to have to give William Powell. The I mean, ball. Brady Oliveira had 22 carries yeah. this past week. William Powell had 12 in a game that they were leading and should have been handing him the ball off more. So that will take a big offensive. Uh, game plan change from Saskatchewan to really I think you're going to see a ton cats. of play action a ton of the a ton of the RPO all right I'm interested 
I'm interested, but I think I I mean I, Hamilton's got to get it done eventually. So yes, I think uh, it'll, be, so the, it'll be this week. Um, with that being said, oh, one interesting stat I pulled from this past week, not really that interesting, uh, but James Wilder Jr. had the most touches of any non-quarterback offensive player week one uh, with 24. Brady Oliveira second with 23, and then third was Kadeem Carey with 19. So something to look forward to in or look for in week two is how the offenses do they stick to those numbers do they have a main man already or do they start to vary up the distribution of the rock this is why we love three this is why we love the three down football though because nfl teams that week one they lean on the running back you know they let kind of let the quarterbacks ease into it you You cannot do do that in this league you can't do it another another interesting fact that i think we should be mindful as we get into week two is that the underdogs were three and one in week one. I wonder if that trend continues. Mm. I, I will tell you that the dogs for week two are BC, Toronto, Montreal, and then currently on CFL.ca, the Hamilton Saskatchewan game is a pick'em. Oh. And that's why it's the game of the week. That's why it's yeah. the game of the I week. I pick Saskatchewan. Okay. Um, I d- I did not. Matt, do you want to do a little fantasy overview? We'll do it real quick. Uh, yes. So the week one results, fairly normal. Uh, John is leading with 85.8. Well, well, yeah, continue. Followed by me at 74.8. Tyler at 64.2. Peter at an even 60. Some standout uh, players for Tyler's squad. Cody Fajardo, 17.8 points. Oh. For my squad, Brian Burnham, 22.2. For John's squad, running back, James Wilder Jr., a huge 25.2. And uh, Winnipeg, uh, the best defense of the week, 16 points, which is uh, really nice for me to get as a a defense. Usually I don't score that high. So some big uh, black eyes, I think, uh, for Peter. Shaq Johnson did absolutely nothing. Actually played. Yes. And scored nothing. For Tyler, William Stanback uh, didn't score any points. So hopefully this week. Because he wasn't playing. Yeah. <laughs> he was not play. playing with did the not, issue. He did not play this week. So yeah. I, Usually I start dropping those 60 bombs <laughs> later in the season when I start like not setting my lineup. But I was like really on top of it. And I, was, I mean, as we were all talking in the chat, I wanted that lineup in. And they, my team just sucked. Josh Huff got injured. I have nobody. That yeah. my my team whole team half the remember teams we the went infirmary. from praising Peter's roster and now <laughs> well, it just all fell apart immediately. <laughs> Very top heavy. It's I oh. did have a, a big uh, miss with uh, Herji Mayala, only yes. three point six points. So I gotta uh, say I have no, no I have no issues. My the oh, the only issue I have is with the way that CFL.ca calculates their fantasy points because the Edmonton D got hurt because of the pick six that Ottawa had. Which does not make sense to me. Really? Yes. They have under points allowed by the Edmonton D, it's 16. They did not allow 16 points. Well, it's just the total points. But I'm just saying. They do that for sacks as well. I, I will say that uh, points allowed is entirely too... Uh, heavily weighted 
for the the defensive oh, score. Dude, the def- these D's get put in these <laughs> short yarded situations. What the hell are you supposed to do? Is with yeah. that's what's like the the field position battle in the CFL with the field goals on the goal line is so hard to not to give up no points in on a short field. Yeah. Like just that Ottawa uh, Edmonton game, they were just lobbing field goals back and forward. It was ridiculous. Um, but anyway, that's all I've got. I'm excited for the Elks to get their first win under their new nickname and not make me irrationally upset on a Saturday night this upcoming week. So that's what I'm looking forward to in week two. I have a hilarious thing just to mention. If you go on TSN and you look at uh, the games and you go to the scroll to the bottom of any game and it tells you the last games for every team and it has the last five games and you can click... Hamilton has been sitting there for two years with, with the Grey Cup losses that has a link on their last games. <laughs> That's awesome. So for two years, the Grey Cup loss has just been sitting there as a, oh, the last five, the last five games. <laughs> Rude. I'm, I'm, I'm very scared about my Hamilton sketch pick. Um, well, then you can I just, change it. No, I don't want to change it. I love Jeremiah. Are we, allow, are we allowing changes? No, I don't We're think so. We're still recording. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, but I, I'm gonna stick with my. Well, pick. but yeah, we we are allowing changes. It could be if, injuries. Could if be it's injuries, announced yeah, tomorrow yeah. that Speedy B, Masoli, and a bunch of other players are in COVID protocols, I'm going to change my pick. Okay. That would that wouldn't make me change my pick, but. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, Matt and Tyler. Would let's you guys, say we, guys, we did it again. We gotta wrap it up tight. We're struggling. <laughs> Another week, another loose ending. It's oh no, me. no, we've only been ch- we've been chatting for like two, <laughs> two minutes. minutes. Relax. <laughs> Just enjoy, guys. Remind. Did we have any? Did we get any DMs? We, we did had not get any a emails. Question from Hackashack Sabbath, um, <laughs> who asked, "Who's leading the Preds pool?" And that, of course, is Tyler asking about that because he's leading it with okay. two correct <laughs> predictions uh, and two incorrect. So yeah. Leaderboards is I get Matt, Peter, and myself all went one and three in Preds. Tyler went two and two. Hard week for the boys, but we're looking to bounce back. That's going to yeah, be a great week. Week two is is going to be beautiful. Yes, yeah, send us DM us questions. We will legitimately any question as long as it does not say anything that blasphemes. No blasphemy. We, no blasphemy. It can say anything. It might conclude blasphemy. We will, we will answer it on the air. If you blaspheme, you will be referred to the Vatican, and they will come to your house, yeah. and they will spank you. The Vatican. You. you will get buzzered and referred to the Vatican. Are they, what, re- they, can, can, they, can they take a break from the kids' stuff? Oh, Tyler. I've referred people to the Vatican before. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. <laughs> okay, take, this is why can, we don't want to ramble. This is or, why or, is it, or, just the, or is it the money laundering lawsuit that they're currently in? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I don't know. We don't. T- this is why we don't talk religion. <laughs> we don't. On the pod. Qu- we don't question these. Things. We don't talk religion on the pod. Um, guys, send us your questions. DM. Yeah. Shepsonpred at gmail.com. John, do all right. I'm gonna count down from three, and okay. you do a nice tight wrap up. Okay. Three, two, one. DM us your questions uh, at shepsonpreds gmail.com or DM us at at Shups and Preds on Twitter. We will answer them on the air. Uh, and we look forward to recapping week two and predding week three this coming Tuesday. Talk to you later. Go Elks. <laughs>